welcome to Real Personal Finance. I'm your host, Scott Frank, CFP, CFA charter holder, and founder of Stone Steps Financial. And I'm your host, James Canole, CFP, MBA, and owner of Root Financial Partners. The premise of our show is simple. Money can be confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Our goal is to answer real personal financial questions that we hear from our clients and our listeners. Each episode, we answer one personal financial question in a clear and understandable way. Because money is a tool. And when you understand the language of money, you can make better decisions to improve your financial life. Hey, Scott. Hi, James. How are you today? I'm wonderful. Good. Well, let's talk about our question today. Okay. What do you got? How do we want to phrase this? Uh... We, <laughs> guess we which, talk about that. <laughs> which should you pay for? Which should you be more worried about? Dying or becoming disabled? Was that directed at me or is that the name of the episode? Just in general, which one do you think is more important? Um, well, I'm going to jump to, I'm going to say death. Yeah, it's what everyone thinks, right? Um, let's talk about why people should think about disability insurance today. Hmm. Hmm. Most Americans... With mm-hmm. that segue, thank you, Scott. Most yes. Americans are more financially prepared to die than to become disabled. Absolutely. Which is kind of a shocking stat because you hear about insurance. I think the first types of insurances you think about are probably health insurance and life insurance. Mm-hmm. If you need to go to the doctor, you have health insurance. If something happens to you, if you pass away, you have health or life insurance to protect your family. Yep. And we've, we've talked about this before, right? People... Um, have a kid, get married, buy a house, do something like that, and they go, oh my gosh, I need to protect my family in case I die. Right. Like, and you do. It's almost, I, I, so many people think about it. People come into our office to see us, it's very common for people to have life insurance, right. even as private policies. Pretty rare to see disability policies intact already that are yeah. private, not through employers. Right, right. Yeah. And it's important because, as we just mentioned, now, everyone's going to die at some point. So yes, life insurance is important. But during your working years, yeah. you are statistically three and a half times more likely to become injured and need, need disability insurance than to die and need life insurance. Yeah. And that's just something we don't spend a whole lot of time thinking about. No, we do not. We, we protect against that big event of death, but disability can actually be significantly more crippling to your family financially um, than potentially dying could be for a variety of reasons. Absolutely. I mean, just think, just think about it for a second. Um, maybe it's a dual income family like you and Ashlyn, mm-hmm. right? And then what happens? You become disabled. Well, now Ashlyn has to figure out how to take care of you mm-hmm. while she still needs to work. Yeah. And now you don't have any income. Right. But you're not gone. So it's not like, I mean, I don't want to be cryptic or anything for a second, but if you die, her expenses go down a little bit. Oh, yeah, I'm expensive. Yeah, you are expensive. <laughs> but but if if you're still alive, she may need to have like a caretaker with you. Like who knows what level of disability you're on. Right. And you guys, like that that's really hard. It's very hard. If I die, you know, she'll, she'll, she's a good looking girl. She'll get remarried and be just fine. You know, she won't even miss me. Totally. If I'm disabled, that's, that is a, an expense that could potentially last several years or decades even yes. that she has to, to, that she's now up against. Yep. So this is why disability insurance is such a big risk. Um, and, and I think people think, oh, disability, that's not going to happen to me. But statistically, it will happen to you three to four times more often than death will happen to you if you're just looking at kind of the population as a whole. Yep. And again, this is, you know, the place where we love to look at insurance, we've talked about it before, is where the probability is pretty small 
but the magnitude is really big, mm-hmm. right? Even though, yeah, you're three and a half times more likely to become disabled, it still is a relatively small uh, likelihood, but it's it's likely enough that it's worth looking at, do you want to cover this? Or right. how are you going to cover this? Right, right. Uh, another factor impacting this is that, that healthcare has progressed in a lot of ways, which is good. Yep. But now things that maybe used to kill a greater number of people no longer kill them, but they, they now lead to disabilities. Yeah. So like when my, uh, uh, I remember, like I had great uncles who uh, died of heart attacks pretty commonly. And now we see that, um, you know, death because of heart disease is down about 28%. But disability is up forty four percent. Right, right. So, so yes, this is good news. But as a financial side of things, how do you plan for that? Right. So I mean, this this is what disability insurance does. Disability insurance it really helps to pay if you can't work because of disability. You know, we're all probably familiar with those obnoxious Aflac commercials. Yeah, you know which are about, for short term disability. Which are for short term disability, and this is definitely not a recommendation for Aflac. Yeah, but you see that that. Is it the duck goose duck? Yeah. yeah, I think it's a duck. Maybe it's a goose. I don't know. It's a bird. Yeah. The bird says if you can't if you if you're hurt and can't work, that's what you get dollars for disability dollars. For. Ask Nick Saban. He's, <laughs> he's been on on set with the duck or goose or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. So so what, whatever the group that's helping you with it is uh, the disability insurance. If you're disabled, they will provide provide income for you to help offset some of the income loss from not working. Yep. And so the way I would think of it is. Life insurance, we've talked about it before, we're protecting against our human capital that hasn't been um, really kicked down into financial capital yet, right? Right. Disability insurance is all about continuing your cash flow while you're disabled so you can get back to whatever level of life you can recover to. Right. Depending on what your injury is, might might be you can't ever return to work or it might be... It's a year away or, you know, it depends on what, what happens. But we want to make sure we're, our cash flow is protected for the family right. during that period of time. Right. And speaking of injuries, some people think about disability insurance. They say, oh, that's only for people that have very physically demanding jobs. You know, it's for people that need to use their hands or their feet. Or they need to be very mobile. Uh, but, you know, I have an office job. I right. don't need disability insurance. Yep. But you look at the most common types of disability claims. Uh, it's musculoskeletal disorders. Mm, what's so, that mean? It sounds very fancy. It's tendonitis, carpal tunnel. Oh, yeah. Fancy name for very annoying, aggravating injuries. Uh-huh. Uh, cancer. Yep. Mental health issues. Mm-hmm. Pregnancy, depending upon your provider. Yep. Fractures and sprains. Yep. So, yes, yeah, some of these apply more so to people that have physically demanding jobs, but many of these apply to people even if you're a desk worker. Yeah. So don't think that because you're not in a high-risk job that disability doesn't apply to you. Absolutely. So have I scared you enough yet? I'm scared. What okay. should we do about this? Let's, let's get to the next part of this. Okay. Um, what are the two types of disability? So we know we need it because we're more likely to become disabled during our working years than to pass away. Yep. What are the two types of disabilities policies that I can get? Uh, short-term and long-term. What is the difference between those? The time period. <laughs> you know, it, legitimately. Short term literally means a shorter time frame, typically at, in a, at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So it's, I just went on, on claim. I need money. Yeah. Please give it to me right now. Long-term disability will typically kick in for after a period of time has 
moved along. We'll call that an elimination period, and we'll define that a little bit more in a minute. Um, and then I will go on disability for a defined period of time, which can be defined in a, any number of ways. Right. So if you get back from your ski trip next weekend and you break an arm and you can't work, right? you're probably going to have a short-term disability need. Knock on wood, I don't have any sh- disability needs. Gosh, uh, your friend that you're skiing with gets <laughs> back from a ski trip <laughs> and breaks his arm. Yeah. Okay, he can't go to work. Yeah, that's, that's when a short-term disability policy would come into play. Sure. Uh, if something more serious happens, so let's say you get cancer and you can't work. Right. And that, that lasts a very long time. Yeah. Well, short-term disability only lasts for a specified time, maybe three months, maybe six months, and then it's done. Yep. That's where long-term disability would kick in. Okay. Yeah, and while we're thinking about that, let's talk about the – so think of it this way because we've talked about before um, having an emergency fund. How many months of cash flow do you want to have on the sidelines for your family? If you have a kind of a war chest built up of – you know, cash sitting in an emergency savings account or bond funds in a taxable account, you might decide that you don't want short-term disability mm-hmm. because you have cash flow to pay for it. Mm-hmm. But then you might also decide, I really want to make sure I'm protecting my my earnings while I'm out for a long period of time. Right. Or you may decide that you want both. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I fully agree. If you have a, an emergency fund, that short-term disability, it usually only lasts for three to six months. But if you've got three to six months just in cash or in other assets, you could save the cost and you can make the case for skipping that and just just looking at the long-term disability. Yeah. Uh, one thing to note on this as well, some people say, I don't need disability. I, uh, social security will cover me. There's a social security disability program if something happens to me. Right. Couple things to note with that. The first one is you have to have been working at least 10 years, have, have 10 years of covered earnings to even qualify for that. Mm-hmm. Number two, the, the, the amount of income that you receive from that it will not cover you. It's no. not going to be enough to replace your income. Uh, it's it's not designed to replace your income. What we're going to talk about in a second is how much of your income private disability policies can can support, how much of it it will replace. Yeah. But don't count on Social Security to, to replace your income or to, to get you to where you need to go long term. Yeah, and that kind of comes back to our Social Security conversation we had previously, mm-hmm. just looking at the concept that even with Social Security in retirement as the pension, the retirement benefit typically that doesn't cover the costs for people right. of living, especially here in Southern California. Right. Similar concept with, with the disability. Right. Absolutely. So just wanted to mention that because that would be more like a long-term disability. Uh, Social Security Disability Insurance, if you have it, it would last until what's considered your full retirement age. So probably somewhere between 66 and 67, depending on how old you are. Yep. But it's not going to be enough income to, to pay all the bills. Yeah. So with that, we know that we need a private policy. Well, are, why don't we talk about where we could get policies just big picture? Yeah. So I think the first place is probably through your work. Okay. The, when I see people with disability insurance, nine times out of 10, it's just because it's a standard benefit offered through their benefits package. Couldn't agree more. And and they've got it there. And they, oftentimes they don't even realize they have it. Yeah. Yeah. No. So it's, it's a great benefit. Um, and oftentimes the workplace is one of the better places to get it. The best place. Now we'll talk about how that impacts how it might be taxed towards yeah. the end of this. Well, let, why don't we just, we'll geek out on that. Let's just focus on employers for a little bit and then we can geek out on other sides as well. Here's what I typically see from employers. Um, they almost always include a long-term disability policy. Mm-hmm. It's almost always covered by the employer, right? Mm-hmm. And then they will, or at least some base level is. And then they will ask during employee benefits if the client, if the client either wants to add more to max it out, if it's not already maxed out, or if they want to add the short-term disability. Right. 
So they're basically asking the question of like, we're going to cover you for a certain percentage of your salary. Typically, we see that as up to about 60% of their gross monthly income is what I, we typically see. There mm-hmm. might be a cap on that dollar amount for annual income. Right. And then from there, they'll go say, do you want to turn on short-term disability just in case something happens to you? We'll make sure you get paid for that too. And then they'll also ask if you could increase this any further, would you want to do that? Right. That's what I typically see. How about you with yeah. employers? Yeah, same. I I think you covered it well there. So here's the thing that I always pay attention to when I look at, um, when I see an employer, a client has employer-sponsored long-term disability. I always want to see their paycheck. Do you know why? You want to see who's paying for it. Exactly. So can you explain to the listeners why that matters? Yeah, let's assume that you get disabled. Not you, the the general you. Yeah, me. I get disabled. No bad luck on you. Let's pretend that I make. uh, Let's pretend I make one hundred twenty thousand dollars a year, gross. So ten thousand dollars a month before taxes, and uh, I get disabled. You get disabled, and you have sixty percent of your benefit that you would get if you become disabled. Mm -hmm. Now, if you are paying for that benefit with your own dollars, so Mm -hmm. after after tax dollars, yep. Then when that benefit comes to you, which would be six thousand dollars per month, so sixty percent of your ten thousand per month that you were making. That benefit's non-taxable forever, for as long as you need it. I don't have to pay taxes on no that. No taxes on that. That's amazing. It's amazing. But if you were not paying for that with after-tax dollars, if your employer was paying for it, yeah. you still get that same exact dollar benefit. Still get six grand. Still get six grand. All right. But now it's fully taxable. What? Yes. So be mindful of that. Because it's as you're looking at your statement. It's such a small tweak. I know. Makes such a huge difference. I know. I know. Because the cost of group plans really aren't that high. Mm-mm. when you go look at what's getting taken out of, of a person's paycheck. Mm-hmm. So that's where there will be every once in a while, there's an employer where you can decide <laughs> if you want to pay for that benefit. Right. Right. Or they'll just make it so you do pay the benefit on their because they're really smart HR division. So they'll be like, oh, James, you're you're uh, we're going to pay that $15 per month for your benefit or whatever the dollar amount is. But we're going to we're going to give it to you in your paycheck. You're technically going to pay taxes mm-hmm. on that. Mm-hmm. So it's going to reduce your pay by a touch. Mm-hmm. But by doing that, if you ever go on disability, it's tax-free. It's worth it. Yeah, it's, it's worth it to a sacrifice benefit. a few dollars each paycheck in order to get tax-free income if you need it yeah. from the policy. That's huge. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's a key though. So always know if you pay for it out of your own pocket, it's ta- the, ta- the funds coming back to you are not taxed. Mm-hmm. If, you, if the employer pays for the premium... Then when the money when the benefit comes to you, that is taxed. Mm-hmm. And that's key because the max that we normally see in employer plans is sixty percent of your income. Right. Well, guess what? If if you don't have to pay taxes on that sixty percent of your income, it's roughly what you get in take home pay. The same thing, yeah. Kind of shakes out. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So let's talk about some benefits that people need to know as they're looking at their policy uh, and then kind of understanding what they might need. I think there's some key terms that we should go over. Okay. Let's start with uh, the first one is benefit period. Okay. We already kind of covered this. This is how long do you need the benefit for? Yep. How long will the benefit last? So for short-term disability, we already said it usually lasts for three to six months and then it's done. Okay. Not designed to be long-term. Long-term disability, we generally see policies that are, that are two-year policies or five-year policies or 10-year policies or even sometimes, oftentimes, all and, the way until retirement. Right. And, and again, retirement means until your Social Security full retirement age, so 66 that's or 67. Typically what it means, yes. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing is how long will your benefit last? And, and if we're looking at long-term disability, probably best to get a policy that lasts until retirement. 
if you need it. Because if you truly have a disability that takes you out of the workplace, only getting benefits for two years or five years may may not be sufficient if you need those benefits to last longer. Yep, absolutely. So that's benefit period. What's an elimination period? We briefly talked about that earlier, but what's another way people can think of that? Yeah, so elimination period, if, if, if I get hurt today and can't go to work tomorrow, no one just starts paying me. The insurance company doesn't just start paying me a paycheck the next day. Okay. They have what's called an elimination period where they say you have to file a benefit mm-hmm. or file a claim for benefits. Mm-hmm. And if it's a short-term disability, typically within 14 days or fewer, they mm-hmm. will start to pay you. Yep. So the elimination period is a time between when you get hurt and when you actually begin collecting benefits. Yep. If it's a long-term policy, your elimination period can be as short as 30 days, but it can be as long as 720 days. Yeah. It's pretty much two years. Uh, 90 days is kind of a typical, typical. elimination pre- period. Absolutely. And another way to think about this is like you got everyone uh, listening, if you own a car or you own a home, you have a homeowner's policy or an auto policy, or if you don't, please go get one right away. Um, and on that policy, you have what's called the deductible. Right. And the deductible means, oh, you want to file a claim on that uh, the thing that happened at your house? It's going to be $2,000 mm-hmm. that you have to put forward before the insurance company is going to step in. Elimination period is very similar to a deductible. It's just a deductible of a time period. Right. And so the longer your time period where you say the company doesn't have to pay me, the lower your premiums are going to be mm-hmm. that you pay for disability insurance. Absolutely. The shorter you want that period to be, the higher your premiums are going to be. So just keep that in mind when you think about this and how it works. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's a great point because if you're looking at a long-term policy but you want to keep costs down, well, if you have an emergency fund like we already talked about, maybe you don't need a 30-day elimination period. Right. Maybe you could expand that to 90 days or 180 days because what that does is it lowers the monthly premium you have to pay. It lowers the cost of that policy and you're still covered in those days or months because of your emergency fund. Right. And then you, but you have to have that money to come out of pocket. That's the key. You're exactly right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And then one other thing that we should add here is that there's, um, there's a, 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 a classification for disability and it will be things like own occupation or any occupation. Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. So especially if you, when you have a specialty, maybe you're a, maybe you're a, a skilled trained surgeon and you want to get you, maybe you've put hundreds of thousands of dollars into your training. Well, you want to protect that. Mm-hmm. And the way you protect that is with an own occupation policy, meaning that, you know, if, um, if James, if you were a, uh, I don't know, a cardiologist who's, you know, you're, you're in the ER doing heart surgery all the time. Um, and all of a sudden you get carpal tunnel and you can't be a heart surgeon anymore. Well, it, you don't really want to have an, any occupation policy where they go, it's okay. You you can go do something else now. Yeah. You know, you, yeah. you want to protect your future income of being a, a surgeon in that instance. So right. there can be instances where it really, and this is for thinkers too, it, where you want to have, be really protective of your own occupation. Right. Right. Because some policies will say, okay, you lose use of your fingers and hands as a surgeon. Like you said, that's fine. You're not disabled because you're still able to work other jobs. Yeah. They'll be like, you can still teach. You'll see this in um, uh, of, of my, one of my kind of, I call him my godfather, went to school with my, my dad, he's a dentist. And um, a lot of the dentists who teach at dental schools 
aren't maybe don't they something well, not a lot i don't know the exact number but some many some of them um can't really practice dentistry anymore but they teach because mm-hmm. they can still teach but they can't practice with mm-hmm. their hands right mm-hmm. um maybe they didn't have a full-fledged own occupation policy yeah so design defining what disability means to the specific policy you have yeah can be very very important here yeah and then sometimes you'll see a provision where it'll be like two years own occupation and then it'll flip to any occupation so there's all these little rules that exist where you can kind of help change the pricing of what you want and how much risk you're willing to take and mm-hmm. you just got to understand all that stuff yeah absolutely good point there uh, and then coverage amount so coverage amount is simply what amount will the insurance company replace if there's a disability yep short-term benefits for short-term disability policies it's usually up to 80 percent of your gross monthly income which means if you're making 10000 per month gross, so before taxes, and you get hurt, you would have $8,000 per month coming in during that uh, policy time period. Long-term disability, it can usually be up to 60% of your gross monthly income. Now, these are caps, meaning usually it can't go much higher, um, but you could get less, meaning you could get 40% or you could get 50%. But with long-term disability, usually the most you can get is 60% of your gross monthly income, and that's just because the disability company, they, they're they not going to offer a benefit that says, Scott, if you get hurt, we're going to pay you 150% more of what you would have been earning had you been healthy. Yeah, people might want to you know, incentivize themselves to be injured. It in will that. create some bad incentives. Right. And so this is typically capped at 60% of gross monthly income. And one important thing to note with that is if you're in your career and your income is going up each and every year, you want to review this each year. Mm-hmm. Because maybe when you were making a hundred thousand, you got it for sixty percent. You yep. have a disability policy that covers sixty percent. But maybe now you're making two hundred thousand, mm-hmm. three hundred thousand. Unless you adjust your policy, the benefit is still locked in at the sixty percent of what you took it out at. Right. And so that's where you can build in something that's called a future increase option. Mm-hmm. So you'll see that a lot, especially with people in um highly skilled technical professionals. You know, like surgeons again or something like that because what you want to do you want to get insured when you're young and you're really healthy but you also want to build in an ability to to bring up the dollar amount in that policy right. in the future without having to go through underwriting again because you don't want to make it expensive for yourself right this is when you're looking at the private side we kind of jumped in and started geeking out on private side without telling you guys we basically were yeah yeah because <laughs> because it's com- company stuff's amazing Mm-hmm. If you're in a highly skilled, highly technical trade, it can really make a lot of sense to self-insure through a self-insure, insure mm-hmm. through a a, com- a private plan, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. then, no matter where you go, you always have your policy with you, and it always, almost always, costs more to underwrite in the future than it does today, right? What speaking of costs, what can people typically expect to pay for policies? Yeah, I think you'll see it's typically anywhere between one percent and three percent of your yearly income. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a good kind of gauge to get an understanding of what it costs, um, and then plus or minus factors, right? Right. Group plans almost always cost less, but they're typically not as robust, right? Typically, mm-hmm. and then um, you know if you have circumstances, cer- some circumstances can make it cost more just because of who you are or what your issues are, or if you have any health issues in your past. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the younger you are, the healthier you are. It's just like life insurance. The, more, the less likely you are to need it, the the less the premium, the less the cost is going to be of the policy. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, the other thing that we haven't talked about is people, if, you, if you're independently wealthy or your family is, you could potentially self-insure. 
right? Mm-hmm. But again, what the average? I think the average time of an inch of a disability was somewhere between two and three years on average. I'm not sure. When we look, when we look, I think let's I, go with that. We'll run with that number. I Just feel say like I feel like I've seen that number enough with the disability people to believe it. Um, but you know, if you have, so you know, depending on what you make, multiply that times three years. Do mm-hmm. you have that ready and available? If not, you might want to make sure yeah. you have some coverage. Absolutely. And we've, we've kind of covered this, but in terms of where's the best place to get it, but we just to summarize, if you have this or if you don't have insurance and you're looking to get it, the first place to check is with your work. Yep. Now, a lot of times you're just automatically enrolled in it when you set up your company benefits, but if not, check with your employer to see if it's offered there. And if not, you can always go get a private policy. Yep. So you can, I mean, there's so many places to look. If you just Google disability insurance, um, you can certainly just get it. And the caveat I would give there is if you are in a highly skilled profession where you really want to protect with an own occupation policy, don't sign up for the employer policy first. And the reason why is when you go right underwrite a private policy, they have to look and see if you have any existing policies. And if you do, it reduces the amount that you're allowed to go get. Mm-hmm. So if you're not covered by a, an employer, when you go get a private policy, you can go get a really robust private policy to make it so you're free to go wherever you want throughout mm-hmm. your career. And then you can still use employer policies if you really wanted to, to get you up to whatever max number you're allowed. Right. Right. But if you already have an employer policy and then you leave and you go start a private practice, now you have to go pay to bring up the cost of your mm-hmm. coverage. Right. So just be really mindful about that and find an expert. There are experts in specifically disability insurance who really know their stuff and do great con- consultative work. Yes. Thank you for that. Yeah. Well, anything else on top of that? No, I think that's a good overview for today. All right. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, James. Thank you for listening to episode number 34 of the Real Personal Finance Podcast. We hope that you're enjoying the show. And for the list of the resources and notes from today's episode, please head over to the Real Personal Finance website at realpersonalfinance.co. We actually just redid the website. And so it makes it easier to find the episodes, subscribe to episodes, and also submit your very own question. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe. And if you have not already done so, please leave us a review. We would love to hear what you have to think of the show and more reviews helps more people to find us. As I just mentioned, if you do have a question that you want us to answer on a future episode, then you can do so by heading to the Real Personal Finance website. And there is a section there, a, a tab on the page, where you can actually submit your own question for Scott and myself to answer on a future episode. Thank you again for listening. We'll see you next time. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and should not be relied upon for a basis for investment decision. This podcast is not engaged in rendering legal, financial, or other professional services.